Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the All Things Leeds podcast, of the ATL podcast. You probably will recognise my voice if you do watch the All Things Leeds YouTube videos, if you are a long-time listener. I am Ed, the founder and creator of All Things Leeds, if you will. Uh, please say that I'm not alone either. I am joined by Mr. Charles Foster. How are you, Charles? I'm very good, Ed. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. And we'll uh, get to know a bit about you uh, very shortly. Uh, let you introduce yourself and everything. Uh, but we will be going over all the talking points about Leeds United. We'll be discussing their 2-0 win against Bristol City at Ellen Road. That was on Saturday. And then we'll be going over their 1-0 win over Reading on Tuesday night. That was at Ellen Road as well. Um... We'll then go over some of the big news stories that have come out of Ellenwood, such as the Australia trip. Leeds United, of course, announced their second fixture off the uh, Australia trip next summer. Uh, we'll also be discussing the under-23s game on Monday. Uh, then we'll be previewing the uh, Leeds game this Saturday as the uh, Whites travel to Bramall Lane to take on Sheffield Wednesday. Please do stay with us. Well, I think first of all, as this is the first episode, uh, we should introduce ourselves. So uh, you probably uh, do know me if you are a viewer of All Things Leeds, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, if not, then I am Ed, Ed McIntyre, um, at Ed underscore McIntyre 98 on Twitter. If you want to uh, follow me, be uh, plugging myself there. <laughs> we are recording this in the Leeds Trinity University radio studio as well. Uh, so thank you very much to Ed and for letting us use the studio. We will be in here uh, every week. Uh, we will we'll be... A recording podcast around Christmas time because the uni won't be open. Um, but then uh, for the uh, second part of the season after New Year, and we'll be back with these uh, podcasts. Uh, but I've been uh, supporting Leeds. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it all my life because I haven't, and that's a, you know, a bit of a cliche. Everyone always says that they've been supporting Leeds all of their life. Uh, I haven't. I started, you know, really supporting Leeds back in 2008 uh, time when we were back in League One. So. I'm a proper Leeds fan here. I'm not a glory supporter. I didn't just start supporting us because we were in Champions League uh, semi-final um, into fan and two. Uh, you know, I started supporting Leeds back in League One. Don't really know why I started supporting Leeds. I was. We had some good uh, players, to be fair. There were some good players in that team. Yeah, we had some decent players um, in League One. I mean, you know, Beckford. You know, Housen, Becchio, Snodgrass, Gradle. Yeah, I mean, if we still had that team, we'd probably be in the Premier League <laughs> right now. They all, um, all went on to have decent careers. Yeah, they all went on to have fantastic careers. Um, but Beckford, some memories there from League One. His goal against Spurs, goal at Old Trafford, um, his goal to send us up. I, of think, I think he got 85 ish goals and about 120 appearances, did Jermaine Beckford? That's a phenomenal return. It, it was a good play, and, you know, I kind of miss the League One days. Playing against the because uh, that's just because we used to win every week. We yeah. used to, <laughs> playing some crap teams in League One. We just used to do Yeovil over four 0 every <laughs> every <laughs> season. It was, it yeah. was just it's pre- pretty easy for Leeds. Um, but yeah, so I've been spotting Leeds for that long and uh, mad Leeds United fan uh, I am. And of course, I created the uh, All Things Leeds uh, the brand, the YouTube channel. First started out as a YouTube channel, and now I've an official relaunch another podcast is out this of course first uh, episode thank you very much for listening if you are listening uh, if you have been subscribed and then uh, thank you very much for supporting me I will be trying to uh, to step it up social media I've been doing a lot of that I don't know if you've been uh, following but um, yeah so that's that's me Charles uh, I'll let you introduce yourself and how long have you been supporting Leeds well I've been I've been going to Leeds games since I was about 
I think seven when I went to the first Leeds game. But um, I sat, I, my first proper memories of uh, of being a Leeds fan were round about the same time as you were stating the, uh, the League One days. I remember, um, yeah, I remember vividly being uh, Beckio being my favourite player for ages because he was just a, he was just a great player. And everyone loved Beckford for the for the Man United goal. But I, I love Beckio because he he used to he, he never used to score. Apart from that one at Middlesbrough, he never used to score brilliant goals, but he was always he was always chipping in with quite a few goals. You could always rely on him to consistently deliver, and he was uh, and he was always setting up Beckford as well. He was always nod- yeah. nodding them down. I, I, I just liked him as a player. I was a big fan of Snodgrass, me back in there. Uh, I, I, I did like Snodgrass. Yeah. He, was, he, was, he, was, he was a bit like an under Snodgrass in the way that he too was, good for the division. That he was too we good, but he, but he never used to he never used to beat people with pace ever. Did Snodgrass? No. He used to uh, drop the shoulder, skill them, get round them. That was kind of his way, and then with the, with the ball in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Be- I found Beckford. You know, <clears throat> all the goals that he scored, excellent. But he was a frustrating player to watch. You know. Yeah, sometimes. Quite a lot of times, didn't really. You know, he, he didn't really do as much, but then came up with winners, of course. His, his attitude wasn't always brilliant as well. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, and then when Beckford left, and we lost all our good players, <laughs> then Beckio became my favourite player. And I, I think we had Beckio for another. At least another season after uh, Beckford left. Yeah, and then he leaves to Norwich. We get Steve Morris in return. He still regrets that. I yeah, I mean, you see on social media. I, I, tw- I tweeted on um, on one of his tweets, no one regrets leaving Leeds more than Luciano Becchio. And he, he liked the tweet. <laughs> yeah, he, he 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 regrets leaving Leeds because when he went to Norwich, he barely made, didn't, like, made two appearances, I think, and then didn't play and again. And then he, he went on loan to Rotherham. And we got Steve Morrison in return, and we all know how that went. <laughs> oh, he's just one of the worst players I've seen in the Leeds shirt. Yeah. He's just awful. Got his own chant, though. <laughs> Steve that, Morrison. That, that, his, his Leeds career was summed up when he booted that ball. Out for the, for a uh, for a throw in when he was going for a shot. <laughs> that was against Forest, wasn't it? I think. Oh, shocking! That was um, yeah. That's the worst transfer in history. Um, <laughs> but yeah, why, why did we start supporting Leeds? Why did you start supporting Leeds when we were in League One? Why, why did you not go for a Premier League team? Because my dad was a Leeds fan. Um, he was a, he was a massive Leeds fan. He used to, he, yeah. went, he went he went he was got Leeds in the eighties and he, he he was a season ticket holder. He decided to marry my mum because my mum bought him a season ticket for the, the season that Leeds won the league. In the you know ninety one ninety two season, mm. and he, he he always said that um, I think I think Batty was his, was his favourite player, but he he loves he loves Strachan for his just his, his genius. Yeah, but um, and then he he went he he went to um an abroad to Spain and um for the um for the Champions League days um when I was I must have been a baby at the time <laughs> <laughs> he, he he left his wife and young son to go <laughs> to go to a Champions League quarter final which I can't really blame them on. Yeah, I, I I unfortunately didn't go to any of those uh, Champions League games, but I remember my dad always used to take me to Leeds games when he would go with a client. So I was <laughs> I always got to those clients, but I remember like half the time, like I was going in like two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six. I was so young, but I didn't really care about football, and I spent more time looking at the clock and telling my dad, oh. You know, this amount of times got than actually watching the game, but it was like two fan and eight fan nine. I saw um, one of my school friends in uh, one at local pubs. Yeah, met him and uh, we became really good friends. Started going to a lot more uh, Leeds games with him. Uh, me, and my dad, uh, him and his dad. And uh, yeah, that really got me in, into football. Like my friends, really. Did you have many uh, Leeds Leeds fans as friends when you were a kid? Not when I was younger. I do now. Uh, yeah. Um, when I when I got to be about fourteen, fifteen. I, I made quite a, like a whole, a whole new bunch of mates going into like the last bit of 
secondary school going into sick form. Yeah. And um, three of them are Leeds fans. So That's the complete opposite for me because I had so many you know, Leeds fans when I was in primary school. And, yeah, uh, so many more Leeds fans in back when I was in primary school. And now moving to high school, there was you know a handful. Um, when we left high school, I didn't really keep contact with anyone. Um, and then college, no Leeds fans there. Uh, a few people would say, you know, it's ask about how Leeds are doing because they're from Leeds, but they weren't, like, mass- massive fans. There's a few now in uni, but um, I, I, I don't know that many at all. But it was when I was younger, more, you know, I had more Leeds fans in primary school. And, you know, going to games with them, talking about Leeds in class that kind of you know sprung my love for Leeds and yeah got really into football and now I want to be a sports journalist and it's, it's amazing how how things change <laughs> yeah it is nice how life turns out like that and I would love to quickly talk about how me and you met as well because uh, of course I made this YouTube channel all things Leeds and you were actually a subscriber of mine I think I was your fourth subscriber yeah and I remember I think you were the, you were the first person to comment on one of my videos because yeah. when I saw that first comment, I was like buzzing. I was like, "Oh yeah, someone's actually you know, well, you know, wanting to communicate with me across <laughs> YouTube." Um, but then at work, we won't say where we work because we're not allowed. Um, but where we work, there's usually about you know two hundred, three hundred people working on a night. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's very unlikely you'll spot anyone you know. Yeah, and it's very unlikely that you'll work with the same person twice. Almost never. I think I've yeah yeah almost never. Yeah, so it's very annoying to make friends at, uh, where we work, but we're at work. Uh, I was on a till, you know, on a bar. You can yeah. make your conclusions if you want to guess where <laughs> we work. Um, but I was on a till in a bar, and uh, you rocked up just slightly late. I think I think maybe five minutes. It wasn't. Yeah, you exaggerate. It was never more than five uh, minutes. But I mean, it's incredible how you come onto the same bar as me, but then you get put onto the till next to me. Yeah. And then you turn around and then you say, do you do, you do YouTube? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I, I recognise you because I watch your videos. And so I recognised you immediately and I thought, nah, I, I don't know, do I say it or do I just leave it? <laughs> I thought, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought, that may as well say something, we're going to be here for a few hours. Yeah. There's, another, there's another clue for you. <laughs> like, you know, one at, one at best, no, one of me. Good, good mates, and now yeah, we're yes. of course season ticket holders together this season. Yeah, see them every week. Got, yeah. got every Leeds home game, a few, a few away games a year. Yeah, a few nights out as well. We we looking to no, yeah. So we are season ticket holders, of course. We went to the game on Saturday against Bristol City, and we uh, won two 0 in we that did. game. That um, nothing really changed in the table. Um, we stayed third, three points off top, um, three points off. Everyone seven. in the top four kind of picked up points. It was yeah. So nothing really changed there, but I mean. You know, two nil. Satisfied with that? Um, yes. Well, I was. I wasn't with the first half. I thought we were fairly poor in the first half. I didn't. I didn't think we. I didn't think we were fast enough or dynamic enough. I think we were. We were it was a lot of sideways and keep the ball and not really doing much. Which it has been kind of sneaking up recently. I've noticed. Have you noticed that? Yeah. Especially in first half of games, we're just a bit. We, yeah, we're always. Slow. I'm, I'm fed up with these slow starts. You know what? I was I was saying to I was to, you know talking to people with next was on Tuesday night and um and I was saying when was the last time we saw a goal down at the South Stand because uh, you know we Leeds of course you know going down towards the South Stand in the first half but we never seem to do anything in the first half we, we always seem to start slow we, we, in that game we we were quite fortunate with a with a certain decision that went our way <laughs> but yes. I don't think it's a decision that even, but the red card yeah I don't think the, the Bristol City could argue I don't with think that. we were fortunate. I don't think we were fortunate. No, there were definitely not, two yellow cards. No, I'm not saying we were fortunate with the decisions that were made. We were fortunate at how early it happened in the half and how it allowed us to push on. Yeah. I mean, 
It wasn't the best of games. I think it, I think if eleven v eleven, that might have been heading for a nil nil. Yeah, I think yeah. We you know we were we were discussing that and like before the red card, it looked like it was going to drag out to be nil nil. And I said that in my in my uh, match report as well. It looked, it looked like we we're going to be a, you know nil nil. But if there was going to be a team who would nick the three points, it would be Leeds because you know it was a poor game. You know the standard of football was really really poor, wasn't it? They they were really average. And yeah. they, I mean, surprising because they've been. Up there, the past few seasons. One shot on target, and and from what I can recall of their shot on target, it was, it wasn't a good one. It wasn't one that forced Huffer, who a twenty-year-old goalkeeper with no senior yeah. appearances, yeah. into like any kind of fantastic save. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just like a header from a corner, which he caught immediately, and yeah. that was it. I was surprised with that because you, you would have thought they'd do the homework and they'd be like, all right, they've got no goalkeepers, um, so one young lads will come in for a senior debut, but no defenders, so one young. Centre backs will come in for their senior debut. We've got a challenging mob, but they just didn't. They didn't create anything. They didn't push forward. You know, the only times that they really got challenged was in you know set pieces when they delivered crossing. They, they, they were trying to win a lot of set pieces, but they, I thought, with the exception of a couple of dodgy punches early on, I thought Huffer dealt with them very well. There's that one where he claimed it from like in the, yeah. in the middle of a crowd of giants. It seemed like he got the ball, which was good of him. Yeah, we'll but, move on to uh, youngsters shortly, but I mean. <laughs> Overall, it wasn't a fantastic game of football, but if there was going to be a team who would nick it, it would be Leeds, and we, of course, did nick it. Uh, the referee gave, gave a red card. It was two yellows uh, for uh, yeah. Josh Brown. Especially the first one. Um, yeah. But the second challenge as well, if you're second... on a yellow, you don't put in a challenge. Yeah, right? it, was, it, was, it, it wasn't actually... I think he... It was the follow through that got him the card because he followed through on on the back of Ruth's ankle and fl- flipped him. You saw it; he fully flipped. Yeah. And if, as soon as I saw that, I thought, "There's no way he stayed on here." Someone, someone who wasn't on a yellow card would be getting a yellow card for that. Yeah, and of course, um, Ruth he scored the first goal. Yeah, he was opportunistic. So yeah, like a, it like, was like a certain Chris Wood of a couple of seasons back. Yeah, I mean Pablo Hernandez. I mean, ball went out to it right. It got played back in. Pablo Hernandez went for goal, and I think the keeper would have had it covered, but Ruth made sure that he didn't have that, it That was him. getting saved by Hernandez. It yeah. wasn't far enough in the corner, and there wasn't enough power on it. Yeah, it was a weak shot by Hernandez, um, so Ruth, he slotted it in. Kind of, yeah. Eighth goal of the season. He's a highest goal scorer. He's a, yeah, he's having a good season so far. I mean, um, But when you look at it, though, when you got your highest goal scorer, he's your striker, and he's only scored eight goals at this point in the season. Pretty shocking. You say that, but I think we've been quite. I think Hernandez has got six goals, and um, it has been fairly spread out. I think Cooper's got three, the Clicks got five. Pablo Hernandez, he's got to be second, for five minutes from time. Good finish as well. It reminded me of West Brom, of the uh, goal that was scored at West Brom. He's chips up for him, and then a leaping was, head over. Yeah, it was, uh, it was fairly identical to the goal, actually. Yeah. Um, it was um, Hernandez for a, such a. I mean, he's not he's not the tallest of blokes, but he can... He can head a ball. Yeah, <laughs> which is more than mm. we said for Barry Douglas, let's be it honest. He did, did have the best of games on Saturday, though, but when you get a goal and an assist, you know, you look at the stats and you have to keep him in team. But, I mean, you keep him in team anyway because he's well, one of the most creative players. At that time, with uh, with 10 starts, Pablo Hernandez this season has six goals and five assists. So Yeah. And, of course... Will Huffer and uh, Apple Helm, the uh, Will Huffer's English, Apple Helm is Finnish. Yep. Um, and, you know, they came up for the senior appearances from the uh, youth team. And they both did quite well, didn't they? Yes, I, I don't know what I was expecting because I've not, I've not seen much of Huffer. I've seen more of, of his counterpart, Myerzek, in the under 23s. Yeah. And I have seen Apple Helm, but every time I've seen Apple Helm in the, uh, in the under 23s, he seems to be quite injury prone. He gets injured quite a bit. Yeah. 
Um, so I was I was pleased to see that he. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he got taken off eventually when we were pushing for it. But he he had, he had a good game. I mean, at one point he he got out of a really sticky situation. I think he was getting closed down by like three players. Yeah. And he, uh, he I think he turned two of them and set Cooper off. And immediately you've, you've beat the press. And if you beat the press. You're on for a good counter-attacking move. Mm. As I've already mentioned with Huffer, I thought he had a good performance. Yeah. With a, with the exception of quite early on, there was a maybe a couple of maybe poor touches when he got the ball. Yeah, I think when he you know took a touch on the ball, it went about three yards in front of him, which is like kind of what you do in under twenty threes at this level in championship. You can't really afford to do that. No, if you're getting closed down, you might struggle there. Yeah. You see keepers get punished for that. Yeah, and um, I, I was impressed with Huffer. I thought he did quite well. You know, it. Commanded his area well, which is what I feel was a weakness in Billy Peacock Fowles' game. Uh, but on Tuesday night, he changed my mind about that. But we'll get on to that. Uh, but Will Huffy did impress me. Appleham looked like a centre back. You know, he's, he's he's a big lad, six yeah. foot five, I think. He's thought, thought he read the game as uh, quite well as well. Dan the Buff looked really comfortable when they have the ball at their feet as well. You know, Will Huffer wasn't afraid to pass out from the back. His distribution looked really good. You know, so Will, Will Huffer. I, I, if he's asked to step in whenever he's called upon, I'm fine with that. And some, same with Apple Helm. Although, with regards to the opposition, it was probably the perfect game to have two yeah. under 23 players in because they weren't troubling us. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bristol City won their poor side. Two, they're coming into the game on the back of three losses in a row. Um, and yeah, they didn't really push onto us. So that was a perfect you know team to play against for their senior debuts. So especially to get back some confidence and form from after a, a very poor performance, in, especially in the second half against West Brom. Although I thought we were poor yeah. in the first half, we just didn't get punished for it. Mm. But yeah, I thought they were back to uh, back back to winning ways important six points in two home games. You can't and clean two clean sheets. Those are the things you need at the end of the season. Yeah, and we'll move on to uh, Will Huff and Helm um, when we talk about the uh, Tuesday night's game against uh, Reading. But we want to quickly go over Lee Johnson's comments, of course, for uh, Bristol City manager. Ah, yes. After the game in the um, in the press conference, he said that Leeds he felt Leeds were lucky and we got away with it. What do you make of those comments? Um, well, it depends what he's referring to. If he's referring to the game as a whole and he's saying that Bristol City deserve to win the game as a whole, I think he's. I don't know what he's talking about there because no. all you have to do is look at the stats. They were if even if you ignore the stats, if you watch the game, they were poor. Yeah. But if he's talking about we were lucky that they had a man sent off at that time, I'd have to so maybe I agree with him there because we were quite lucky that that gave us the the opportunity. We yeah, needed. I guess we were lucky in that aspect that with the red card referee giving so us a red it, card it, it, and that it, did change the game. But but um, you know we were the better team. Like, if there was a better team in the game. It would be Leeds, and we created a lot more than them. Yeah, we were the we were the better team. Just to go back back on his comments, he also said uh, after that that um, the referee was kind of he implied the referee was kind of press ganged into making that decision. When any any neutral, even Don Goodman, who is about as anti Leeds as it gets, <laughs> <laughs> recognised that that was definitely. It was it was a yellow card foul. He goes through the back of him. You're yeah. always going to get a yellow card for that. Yeah, I think we established that. Definitely two yellow cards. Definitely a red card. Fair decision. Um, two yellow cards. Fair decision. So, but I guess we were fortunate in that respect. But we're not lucky. No. Because it was a correct decision. Um, so I thought these Johnson's comments were ludicrous. I know you have to do is look at the stats. We had more possession, more shots than them. We had like about 20 shots. They had six or have, something. We had yeah. six on target. They had one on target. And, you know, we had about 60 odd possession percent possession they had like 37 percent possession it would oh, just look at the stats and then you know who, who the better team were and we yeah you know, we, were, we were the better team uh, you know if, if there was going to te- going to be a team who would nick who would nick the win it would be leeds we, we could have had we realistically could have had more because um barry douglas forced a very very good save yeah that was a he, he almost got a screamer there 
Um, I tell you what, though, it's not looking good for Bristol City, uh, is it? That's uh, you know now four losses in a row. They of course play um, on Wednesday night. We're recording this on Wednesday morning, so we don't know their uh, you know their score on Wednesday night. But going into it, four losses in a row, not looking good for them. They they got Ipswich away. It's a perfect game to restore confidence. I remember they they were the worst side we played at Ellen Road, I think. Yeah, so Ipswich away. It's not going to be easy for them. But it, it, I tell you what, if they don't win that game. I could see that game in a draw, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I, I tell you what, yeah, if, the, if Ipswich, they're bottom of the table, if Bristol City don't beat Ipswich, Lee Johnson, he, I reckon he'll be going. That's five losses in a row, and you look at the teams who they've lost, lost against. Previously, as a manager, though, he's had, uh, manager of Bristol City, he had a one stretch, uh, I think, uh, not last year, year before, he had eight losses in a row, and remained manager, so... They've they've had confidence in him before, but I, I don't see him bringing it out this time because they've sold they sold Flint, didn't they? They've they've sold sold all the best players. Well, who else did they sell? Um, Joe Bryan, their left yeah. back. They sold him to Fulham. Yeah, they sold they sold all the best players, and it's not looking good for them this season at all. Uh, but we move on to Tuesday night's game. Uh, of course, the uh, Leeds United beat Reading one nil at Ellen Road. Um, but the lineup came out, and I was pretty surprised. Not only did they change a few players, but it changed the entire system. It went to it went to a four one four one formation, which is of course what we played uh, at the start of the season. But the personnel, Bailey Peacock Fowl came in straight. You know, of course, he missed Saturday's game due to a knee injury, but came straight back in for Tuesday um, and replaced Will Huffer. And I kind of thought it was a bit harsh on Will Huffer. You, you say that, but I, I I knew that Reading Reading game was going to be tougher than the Bristol City game. Yeah, it, 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 I'm not going to say before we played him, but definitely while we while we were play, while we were watching the Bristol City game, I thought Reading are going to be better than this. Yeah, and I, they I guess because Reading, you know, they, they play a different way and you know, they play more counter attacking and you know, a bit faster. But also where they are, they're scrapping for points and they're trying to pick up as many points as possible, so they will give it to teams. Yeah. Um, I prefer personally. I prefer the four-one-four-one system. I think when we play three at the back, we get yeah. stretched. We get counter-attacked easily. Yeah, I like the four-one-four-one. And, and we end up with a lot of three-on-three scenarios with our defenders and their attackers, which you don't want. Yeah. And I mean, you know, four-one-four-one is what we started the season with. It started so well as well. What the players probably know best. So I, I prefer that. But I, I thought it was harsh on Will Huffer. You know, he kept a clean sheet the weekend, played quite well. So it's like you know. Keep, you know, award him for his efforts, keep him in the team, don't change him. But you know, because he's, he's a young lad as well. You know, twenty years old, Will Huffer. So you know, t- taking him out after a clean sheet probably don't do too good for his confidence. But Ex- experience wise, though, I think BPF was the better choice for. for yeah, better pick up Farrell. Sorry, I don't yeah, want to yeah. abbreviate his name. And I think as well, like you know, pick up Farrell's confidence. He probably already knocked enough because Bielsa said in his press conference he would have started Blackman if Blackman was still here I'm, I don't so, understand why <clears throat> I mean, I've got massive amounts of respect for Bielsa but I don't see what his strategy was there I, I, I when, when I was watching press conference live and he said I would have started Blackman um, I, I knew that something's up with BPF otherwise he's not saying this you know, if Baker Peacock Fowler is fit and he's going to play he wouldn't be saying this otherwise that would just knock his confidence completely but you know if he's coming back from injury and you know He's got a lad called Will Huffer who has only made one senior appearance stay ahead of him. Uh, that would do even worse for his confidence. So put him back in, get his confidence back up, and we'll move on to his penalty save in a second because that would have done him a world of good. Um, but of course, he changed the system, which I was surprised about. I thought he would have you know, cha- you know, stayed with the system, of course, you know, because we did win. Um, but like I said, changed to 4-1-4-1. It wasn't a great performance from Leeds, was it? Not particularly, no. Not no. Uh, not especially not in the first half. I thought we got 
counter-attacked quite well, I thought. Yeah, and again, it's a slow start as well. You know, yeah, the first half always seems to be a bit bit off. I thought certain members of the midfield were a bit anonymous. Baker, I didn't think he performed very well at I all. I thought Baker was awful. It, when, when he got robbed on the half... I was watching the game. When he got robbed on the halfway line at 40 minutes and... They, they they managed to counterattack us, and it was an it was just the only reason they didn't score was like an outstanding tackle on the edge of the box by Liam Cooper. You're thinking you shouldn't be getting robbed on the halfway line. Yeah, you've got a lot of options. Yeah, I, I thought Bake was was the worst midfielder of the game. Um, Adam Forshaw, he didn't have a particularly good game. Not not many people had particularly good games. The people who stand out to me is, of course, Bailey Pickup Fowler. We'll move on to Liam Cooper. He was excellent in defence he did seem excellent um, I was impressed Phillips as well to say that he's just stepped in at centre back and into a back four his first game in a back four I think we missed him good. in that defensive midfield role. yeah definitely because you you kind of you were stuck really you were like because Adam Forshaw is too good to play defensive midfield I think he needs to play more forward but Baker in that defensive midfield role you know you don't you you know, he hasn't played many games. I wonder if there's something in his contract where he has to play a certain amount of games. Um, that'll be interesting to well, look Well, he's, he's not had many appearances. No, so. but well, I, just to I, stick I, him in in this game, it was a bit... I also don't think he's a, a defensive midfielder. He's an attacking midfielder. Yeah, I mean, we had you know, three attacking midfielders. Click, Foshon, Baker. All better attacking midfield. I, th- I think you could maybe class Foshon more of as an out-centre out yeah. mid. Yeah, I mean, he, com- he, commands, he commands a middle at park quite well. You know, he, he does scream at... You know all the other players um, and stuff, but you know I mean sluggish start really. Um, not not a great performance, um, but we you know we made a few chances, but we missed a big man in you know, as a striker. You know Kemaru, you know I know he's top goal scorer, but I think with another striker in there, we would have scored we would have scored quite a few more goals because some of the balls that were put into the box, especially in that first half, were excellent. I think defensively and defensively we're missing aerial dominance in the team because we are not a big team especially when you're missing the likes of Pontus Janssen yeah we, we, we the, for the amount of we, we, you, if you know, watch in the games we if you watch the games it's anything to say mm. <laughs> but we use the wings a lot we are constantly whipping balls in and we're whipping balls into people like Samuel Saez who's 5 foot 6 to uh, to Kimar Roof who's maybe 5 foot 9 mm. and um, these, these lads aren't going to win headers against mm. Massive championship centre backs. Mention that with you know tall players. Apple Helm's quite tall. Again on the starting eleven, maybe if he's going to go four one four one, maybe just stick Apple Helm in in the back four along with Cooper and then Phillips in front of them. Um, yeah, an argument could be made for that, and, and I think I don't think Bielsa doesn't like to push the youngsters too far. That's been no. quite evident with Jack Clark not getting a start. Yeah. And Ryan Edmondson being in and out of the team, he he doesn't like to rely on youth and then kind of push him too far and ruin him. He doesn't want to do that. He'd rather ease him in. Yeah. But um, so I think uh, what did um, Appleham get? Sixty minutes um, against Preston. Yeah, he went off at sixty minutes. Yeah. For well, sixty minutes is it's a it's a good amount of time. It's more than Clark was getting initially, but obviously because as a defender you will get more time mm. because defenders don't really get subbed unless they're making mistakes. Or yeah. I mean, they changed the system on Saturday. Um, really, when he when he took him off, um, first half on Tuesday, of course, Alioski, big talking point there. Was it a dive for you? It was an awful dive. Like, it was horrendous. Even it, even, <laughs> even in the stands, everyone around, you know, a few people behind us were saying, "Oh, you know, I want the dive. It was a penalty." And then, you know, a few of us around us, we we you know we were adamant. You know, he did dive. It, it was so clear and obvious that it was you know, but it was the worst dive you see. You know, Alioski. 
got to the ball. He kind of waited like half a second for the player to get to him and then just fell over. It was the most blatant dive ever. I initially saw it from a different angle, so I thought there'd been some contact and yeah. I was not pleased with Mike Dean for booking him. But then as, I, as they actually showed that the actual the replay went yeah. from a much better angle because the cam wasn't a brilliant angle from the the uh, the way I was watching it. Um, yeah. It was it was a blatant. It, the, the, he gets the ball just about, and the defender comes in, and he's waiting, waiting for it. But he doesn't seem like he's ready. He's willing to wait enough time for there to actually be contact. So he mm. just makes some of his own. Yeah. But he doesn't. It's it's any any referee worth his salt is noticing that. Yeah. Mike Dean, of course, he got a lot of stick uh, on Tuesday night, but I think that was because Leeds fans thought it was a penalty, and he booked him for diving. But you know, looking back on it as well, correct decision. Uh, yellow card, of course, for simulation. Correct decision, and you know the big, de- big decisions that Mike Dean made. I think he got spot on. You know, with their penalty as well. I think that it was, was a penalty. penalty. We'll get, we will get onto it in oh, a second. Okay. But um, you know, it, it, the big decisions that he had to make, he, he got right. So I felt as though Mike Dean didn't have the worst of games. Some decisions kind of confused me, um, especially you know, especially in the second half at one point when Shackleton went on a run. Um, you know, one of their players fell down, and Mike Dean just gave a free kick. If you not lying, or think uh, linesman didn't. Uh, flag for anything so you know, a few decisions kind of like confused me but the big decisions have got right so you need to praise him for that going into the second half we dominated the second half some uh, <laughs> I don't know if Bielsa reads Leeds United Twitter but yeah certainly <laughs> certainly made the, the right decisions in that game yeah I mean at half time we brought on Samuel Zayes and Jack Clark, and Jack Clark. Um, he, he stayed with the same system. Adam Forshaw dropped back. Zayez went into the attacking midfield role, and then um, Pablo Hernandez he went on the right. Jack Clark, uh, Jack no, Jack Clark on the right. Pablo Hernandez on the left. Inverted wingers, which is what he did uh, on the 60th minute on a Saturday. Uh, he went with inverted wingers, and that works quite well for us having inverted wingers, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we, we like to cut inside. There's not yeah. many, there's not many players in the team that I mean Jack Clark is one of them, but there's not many players in the team that like to burst of pace around the full-back and whip a ball in. I feel as though with inverted wingers as well, we control more of the, midf- of the middle of the park as well. We, we, we like to keep possession in the middle. Um, it's <laughs> we're, always, we're always trying to find Saiz and he's always in the middle. He's always the one we're trying to find to pick a pass. Or yeah. he, mi- he, missed a, he missed a good chance as well in the second half, early on in the second half. Uh, yeah, it was it um, Clark whipped the ball across to him and he volleyed it, didn't it? I think it was a, a deflection, got deflected by a defender, didn't it? Yeah, but he sh- should have got it back in that. We can sell about quite a few chances. Yeah, I mean, and then going on to inverted wingers, you know, it gives a chance for fullbacks to go forward more, and that's what Dallas and Douglas like to do. Dallas likes doing that, but sometimes it's to his detriment because he forgets he's playing at right back and yeah, not right and he, wing. And he doesn't, and he doesn't come back, and he you know didn't track back, or he's too slow tracking back, and you know he's. He it does cause us issues. Out. It causes a few issues last night. I noticed that um, Douglas, he he got man at match in the end from from Sky, but uh, I didn't think he had. You know, a brilliant game. Of course, he was involved in the goal. Um, His set pieces delivery were deliveries were all good. They were all. There was one where I think Roof glanced the header, but he Roof was offside. But it was it was a glance header from Roof, and it was a perfect ball in. It, the, offensively, I think he was good. I think defensively, they had a lot of joy down his side. Yeah, which is surprising. You'd think they'd have more joy down Dallas's side, but which is what normally happens. But. Everyone's allowed enough there, even Barry Douglas. Yeah, I mean everyone's allowed enough there, but quite quite a lot of players had enough there um, on on Tuesday. Uh, like I say, the standout for me was you know Liam Cooper, excellent in defence. You know, going to the end of the game, we were scrapping for dear life to hang on to one 0 win, and we did. But Liam Cooper he was solid. Phillips going into a back four for the first time. What would we make of him? 
I, I think if if anyone's a testament to how much Bielsa can improve a player, it has to be Calvin Phillips. I think no, I don't think any player has improved as much or been as instrumental as a result of Bielsa putting him in that system as Phillips has been. And uh, it, it, I, there's some, some doubt as whether to re- there was some doubt whether he could play centre back properly, especially in a back four. But I, I think with that performance last night, I think he's proved a few. Anyone doubting he's, he's a good player? I mean, there's always going to be some that are going to scapegoat him, and that happens a lot with Leeds fans, unfortunately. But he's he's um he's been playing really well. He's I, a future captain for me. I think he's fantastic, and you know. It shows as well, you know, not only can he play defensive midfielder, but he can play a centre-back as well. He's the heartbeat of this Leeds United team. I remember in the Bristol City game, um, I think it was I think it was Forshaw got robbed about uh, 35 yards away from our goal. And within three seconds, Calvin Phillips has won the ball back and spread it out to Pablo Anders on the wing. Yeah. And that's exactly what he does. He's, he's brilliant this season, is Calvin Phillips. And I think at the start of the season, you know, you saw him pre-season, it was like, it was clear that he also was going to make Calvin Phillips the main man. People are like, well, are we really sure about this? But it's paid off, hasn't it? Yeah, well, people thought that Vieira was going to get the nod, and that. Um, but obviously, uh, Vieira left the club for financial reasons. Um, but yeah, financial reasons for in in for Andre Ravazzani. Yes, because he wanted to. He wanted for seven million. <laughs> you, you can argue that, but he do, it does make a good point. We had spent a lot of money in the transfer window. We don't want to end up like Sheffield Wednesday, where we're yeah. getting transfer embargoed. We got seven point seven million, which is a good a good amount for a championship club to sell a player. Mm. You can, and and Vieira, I'm doubtful whether Vieira would have, given how good Phillips is now, I doubt Vieira would have got to this level. I'm, if I'm being honest, his, his range his pass his range of passing and his passing yeah. wasn't brilliant, for Vieira. But um, yeah, I've, I've been really impressed with Calvin Phillips, yeah. which is which is hard for me to admit because I was. A bit of a Calvin Phillips critic in the past. Yeah. I, I think he's I think, been, I think quite a lot of people were. I think he was very inconsistent for a few years. Yeah. He had he had games where he was superb and then he had games where he was definitely the weakest man in midfield. Mm. And but now that he seems to be always be one of the one of, if not the strongest uh man in midfield every year, which is amazing looking at looking at some of the talent we've got. So have, I mean people say that the team's poor and it's be also during them up, but I don't think that. I think the team was just a bit devoid of confidence last season. I think we've restored some of that. Yeah, and uh, Liam Cooper, like touching him, he was excellent on Tuesday night. And this season, he seems to be so, so improved under Marcelo Bielsa. You know, a lot of people saying, you know, he's League One at best, but now he's, he is a good championship player now. Yes, uh, he's well, he's, he's got a few goals. He got one against Stoke, one against um, Preston, I think. And. Um, I can't remember what his third one was from, but he, he's had a good season. Um, yeah. I think he's been better than Janssen this season as a centre-back, which is surprising because uh, Janssen has... I think when they're both on top form, Janssen's the better player, but I think Cooper's been outstripping him for form for a few weeks now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, their defensive uh, efforts, of course, led on, went on to you know finish... And went on to finish 1-0 to Leeds, but it wasn't just their defensive efforts. It was uh, the keeper, uh, the goalkeeper, Bailey Peacock, fouled his efforts as well. But first of all, their penalty, Douglas brought him down... Clear penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, there's there's, there's no argument with that. I mean, people are saying that Douglas got the ball. You can, if you see from the other highlight angle, Douglas does not get the ball. He takes no. it, he takes him down, and it's it's a silly challenge because the most he can do is whip the ball back across, and there's no guarantee that's finding a Reading player. That could easily go out for a throw in. It could miss everybody. Go out for a uh, for a goal kick. Yeah, I think people said with I heard someone describe it as a tired challenge because it was late on in the game. 
uh, Douglas was just trying to do what he thought was best, but that, it, it, it was definitely a penalty. Yeah, definitely a penalty. I, I mean, even you know, looking at the stands from uh, where I sit, and if if you want to know where I sit, go on go on YouTube, all things leads, and look at the uh, clips from the penalty save. Um, yeah, definitely a penalty. Of course, um, their man steps up, and I think if this goes in here, it's going right in the bottom left-hand corner. If this goes in, this is a perfect penalty. You know, people calling it the perfect penalty, but Billy Pickle foul. He said it after the game, though. Like his mindset was, you know, he said after the game, you know, when penalty were called, he was like, you know, this is my chance to prove everyone that you know I am good enough to start, and I'm going to save this penalty. When you have that mindset, you will save a penalty. Um, so it was, it was, you know, it couldn't have been more into the corner, but Peter Fowler got down so well, full stretch to save, and it was a fantastic save, cracking save. Um, the, the, the penalty was good, but the I, I think the player was very obvious where he was going to put it. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not detracting from the save because. Even when you know where it's going, you can't always stop it as a goalkeeper. It's sometimes difficult, especially with penalties. But yeah, it was a cracking serve. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, we ended up holding on. Um, it, was, it was just I'm so pleased for Billy Peacock Fowler as well because he's been his confidence can't be good. You know, like I said, with Bielsa saying in. Um, Best confidence uh, before Saturday's game that he was going to start Blackman and then fans criticising him. He can't have been good, but now he, that would have done his confidence a world of good. And he, I'm, I'm just so happy for Peacock Fowl. Well, he's, he's a young lad. I mean, pe- people. 22? Give, yeah, people are giving Huffer a lot of leeway, but Huffer's only a couple of years younger than Peacock Fowl. He needs, he needs confidence. And it, that is, a, pro- that is a, a problem and has been a problem in the past with Leeds fans. We, we have criticised young players and kind yeah. of. And it doesn't help anybody. No. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help us. It does. It, you, you but if it spurs them on to make, you know, to make the effort to try and prove everyone wrong, then surely that's yeah. Sometimes that happens, but sometimes you get the J.R.I. Grot scenario where they're just broken and have to be shipped out off on loan to the Netherlands. Mm. Yeah, I think we need to be more patient, especially with our youth academy products. Yeah, and I think yeah, he was poor in the West Brom game and he was poor in the Birmingham game, but he's had some good games. He's, too. Been, he's been poor for. No, since the Birmingham game, for like every other week, he's made quite a few mistakes. But that'll do his confidence world good, and you know, he, he, that his, his game will probably be better for uh, for now. He'll be a lot more confident coming out to get balls. You know, I remember you know at some point on Tuesday, you know, a ball whipped into the box, and that should have been Peacock fouls to come out and catch. It should have never gone to their striker, but it did. Uh, but now I think he'll be more confident to go out and to go out and uh, claim those balls now. Uh, but of course, one 0 win. Crucial three points. Like I said in my match preview, you know, we needed three points and the crucial three points. We're now second in the table and one point behind Norwich City because, of course, Norwich City, they uh, drew 0-0 away at Hull City on Tuesday. So, all right, Norwich City, surprising with that. You know, it's a typical championship. You know, you go six games, uh, in a, you know, winning in a row. Uh, you, you know, you beat Swansea 4, one away from home and then you draw 0-0 away at Hull Typical championship for you, but one point off Norwich City. It's looking good for us. We are in a good position, aren't we? I remember you saying to you after the um, after the Bristol City game that we could do with that 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 whole Norwich game being a uh, a stalemate. Nigel Atkins nil nil performance. I remember saying those exact yeah. words, and that's exactly what it turned out. It's exactly what it turned out. Uh, whole from all accounts were were actually were, were, were still in the, they were in the game in the first half, but they, they came out in the second half and they were putting Norwich under pressure. Norwich were didn't have many chances and the, the chances they did have were they they were quite wasteful I think Buendia I, I did watch the highlights Buendia blasted one over the bar uh, their best chance of the game though they missed a header from four yards out did Norwich yeah and uh, you've got to be burying them as Barry Douglas well knows um, I'm just going to look at the um, 
so their next few games, I don't think they'll drop many more points. You know, they're home against Rotherham. That's going to be um, a win on Saturday, and then they're, and then they're at home against Bolton uh, the Saturday after. So those are six points there. You'd think. And then there's the, the, uh, away yeah. at Bristol, and then away at Blackburn, and uh, home to Forest. Uh, when Forest it gets to the twenty sixth, yeah. home to Forest, home to Derby, uh, away at Brentford, away at West Brom, and then there'll be hard games. But the next four games, home to Rotherham, home to Bolton. Uh, away at Bristol, away at Blackburn, you'd expect them to pick up uh, the maximum points there. You would, but this, it's the championship and nothing's guaranteed. Yeah. But Rotherham have put up some good fights so far. They, they were actually they played well against us in the first half uh, yeah. at Ellen Road, but we, we overpowered them a bit. But they've uh, they've shocked teams before, and that, they, they, they've uh, they picked up some good points. Yeah. So if they can, if Rotherham can keep it tight. And and not let Norwich have any opportunities. I think they could do what Nigel Atkins did and nick a nil nil. Yeah, I mean uh, Norwich. You know, if they keep a drop of points, great. I don't think they will. But you know, we're one point off Norwich. We can't do. You know, we can't have done any better. And you know, as long as we keep on picking up points, picking up wins, you know, we're in a good position at the moment. And you know, I'm I'm enjoying watching Leeds. The football that we're playing is superb. Uh, going into the Sheffield United game, I said this in match preview, and we will go more in depth uh, for into the Sheffield United game. Uh, a bit later, but um, you know, I said it in my match preview. You know, if we, three points on Tuesday against Reading, then we can afford to drop points against Sheffield United, which is likely because it is going to be it's a tough um, game. It's going it to is going to be a tough game. Uh, but we'll go over a few uh, talking points coming out of uh, Leeds United. We'll go on to the uh, Leeds United under twenty threes because, of course, uh, they were in action on Monday as they played Sheffield United, ran out three one winners uh, in the end, and uh, one of those goals a fantastic strike from Tyler Roberts. Um, but the under twenty threes that we do seem to have quite a you know, good some good players in the some, some good youth. Well, when Rajazani came in, he if you, if you notice a lot of the signings that perhaps went under some fan, fans' radar, he made a lot of signings for the under twenty threes and the under eighteens. He bought a lot, of, bought a lot of players, and um, and some of them like Kun, uh, I don't know what to pronounce the surname wrong, Temukzov, but no, he's, he's Bulgarian. He's, he's good, a good central midfielder. Dalby, he, he signed. Um, John, I think John Stevens, he signed from Forest Green. Um, he signed some good, cracking players, and Ryan Edmondson from York. He, um, th- these players are all kind of pushing for maybe not appearances in the in the first, like, you know, for the starting eleven, but certainly maybe getting onto the bench every now and again. Especially when we're in the injury crisis we are in currently, they're proving to be invaluable. With the with six, like, six out of the eighteen against uh, Bristol, I think were. Yeah. Were <laughs> they were youth canary products, which is which is outstanding. Yeah. I mean, we we, we do have, we you know we do have you know strength in depth and you know the under twenty three under twenty three squad and the youth system is you know the youth squad is you know so much better than it has been over recent years and you know, a lot of credit to Victor Water for that because a lot of people complaining when we're all signing all these under twenty threes but they do come useful as we saw on Saturday with uh, Huffer and Helm you know two good players and they came useful they did quite well and that's just you know two players out of many in the youth system who are you know good players so we do have a lot of strength there um, but the under twenty threes quite a lot of first team players are playing in there and when they're not injured as well you know I understand. When they are injured, yeah, you know, you bring them up in mid twenty threes, give them game time, uh, get them back match fit. I understand that, but a lot of players just going in there for minutes. What, what do you make of that? I'm, I'm, I've got to be honest, I'm not a fan of that. I'd rather I'd, the under twenty threes are for players under the age of twenty three. They are for development. Uh, I, I think I think they're like putting. I mean, I, I like Tyler Roberts, and he is under the age of twenty three, so that's fair enough. But playing players like Jack Harrison in there, Samuel Saez in there, yeah, and then, and then you know Jack Harrison, Jack Clark, they played. No, they played you know quite a lot, quite amount of minutes uh, you know quite a lot of minutes on Monday and then one on the bench on Tuesday Jack Clark 
game on for the entire second half on Tuesday after playing 90 minutes for the day before. It's like, you know, I, I don't get it, you know, there's a chance there in the 23s for you know, other youth team players to play. You know, it is quite competitive in the 23s, um, you know, whatever way you look at it. So it's a chance for more youth players to step up there and, um, you know, develop more players uh, instead of playing the first team players. And I understand, you know, you've got to give, you know, players minutes, keep them happy. Um, but, you know, if, if you're a first team player and you're saying, all right, we're going to go play under 23s today in some, you know, park <laughs> yeah, against, yeah. against another team, it's like, you can't do them, you know, their confidence any good. You no, know, I feel as though the under 23s is for, you know, players coming back from injury and then players who. I, you know, going to be punished for you know attitude problems or whatever. Um, we haven't had that this season. Um, but is, is, is it a good precedent to set the twenty under twenty threes as looking like a punishment though? I think for first team players, yes, but for players who are like you know who, who are in there, maybe maybe not. But you know, if, I, I I'd much rather prefer just see more under twenty threes than you know first team players play for the under twenty threes. Yeah, it's the, the the point of the league is is, is to develop players. To eventually yeah. break into the first team squad, so you, you don't want to be filling it full of first team players who were already in the first team squad because yeah. you're just limiting chances for potential talent. Yeah, and the players who you want to give more minutes, you know, give them the cup games, stick them out in the cup Absolutely. games. That's what cup games are for, really, uh, to give you know players more I mean, chance the, for minutes. The FA Cup's coming up soon in January, so we should be getting yeah. the. the uh, I think we, we're coming in the third round, so yeah, uh, you know, I kind of want a decent cup run. I don't, you know. I'd, I'm not saying no, I really want us to win the FA Cup, but you know, just a decent you know, run, go two, three rounds in. I, I, I always like a cup run, but then you you think of it like it's just you want to focus on the league. It's just more games. It's yeah. just it's t- players getting more tired for the league games. League's more important. Yeah, I'd like to go out at a reasonable stage, having played one you know, four cup. fifth round. Off yeah, open. yeah, it's not like that. Play, have, played a big Premier League. Team. Yeah, a, a, an established Premier League team. And see where see where we are as well. You know, if we play against the big Premier League teams, it, you see where we are, and you know, because no, we know if we get promoted, we know you know where we stand uh, with other teams in the league. But I think we played the uh, in the EFL Cup last year. We played. Leicester and Burnley, and, they, they, and we we got knocked out against Leicester, but those were good, some good sides to play. We we, we knocked Burnley out, which is yeah. satisfying after they raided our squad. Mm. But I mean, that, that's our thoughts on the under-23s. I think personally, you know, you bringing players back from injury and getting match fit. Yeah, great. No problem with that. I understand, you know, first team players, you know, wanting to give them minutes and keeping them match fit, but you know, they've got training. You know, just play games in training. Well, you think something. of it, how small our squad, our first team squad is, and how much bigger it's, it's a squad like Derby, where they've got over like thirty players or something. Yeah, you don't see them their players complaining about like a game time, but there must be every week. There's there's, there's what there's yeah, kind of nineteen of them not getting in the squad. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's what whatever B also likes and whatever works for him. But um, yeah, that's the under twenty threes. Good win for them. The, the, the uh, youth system is you know strong as ever. Um, but let's move on to the Australia tour next summer, summer of two thousand nineteen. Uh, Leeds, of course, announcing uh, on Sunday night, late Sunday night, their second fixture um, in the Australia tour, and that's against the Western Sydney Wanderers. And it's a big game for Western Sydney Wanderers. Uh, that's going to be played on the twentieth of July, by the way. Uh, that's a Saturday. Yeah, but it's going to be the first football game at the Western Sydney Stadium. Yes, it's recently so it's, built. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 a big game for them. Big big part of their history. They're, they're christening, yeah, really, as a, as a club. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big stadium, and the, 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 they'll probably be well up for it. I've seen some um, 
some Leeds fans from Sydney saying it's the club I support versus the club that's now in my hometown. Yeah. So it must be great for them fans. Yeah, I mean, it's great for the fans who live out in Australia, you know, to see the club that I support. But, you know, it'd be great for the players as well. It'd be great experience playing in some massive massive stadiums and massive arenas. Yeah. Um, and I love that we're playing, you know, a team, you know, it's their first football game. Part, it will be part of their history. You know, when they look back on, oh, what's the first game to be played at our new stadium? It was against Leeds United, so we're going to be part of their history. That'll be a pub quiz question at some point. <laughs> that will be a pub, pub, pub quiz. You know, we need go, we need go Australia in a few years and see, rock up in a pub quiz and see if that's what it questions. <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I, you know, we're helping, we're helping them out. We're going to, you know, not only will they give us exposure in Australia, but we'll give them exposure as well. You know, over in England, and you know, more people look at that. You know, again for the fans, and you know, as well, you know, um, revenue. You know, give us a bit more money as well. But the game that will give us more money uh, in Australia next year is the Man United game. That's going to be played every year. Optus Stadium in Perth on Wednesday the 17th of July to find the 19. That's a, that's a decent, big, decent size game. It's, a, it's a, probably one of the biggest pre-season fixtures I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, this is shaping up to be one of the you know, one of the best pre-seasons. You know, you look at the past few years. Oh, we played God. non-league teams, you know, local teams from, you know, in England. You know, and last season, we played against Forest Green Rovers. But now we're playing against Man United. How it's changed, there. Huh? we played Geisley and Osset. Remember the Myanmar trip as well? Beats the Myanmar trip as well. Oh, there's so many reasons why the Myanmar trip was a bad idea. There's so many reasons why this, um, the Australia toy, is such a good idea. And White shaped up to be one of the biggest yet. But yeah. Man United... If Jose Mourinho is still in charge as well, that would be the first time Jose Mourinho's come up against Leeds United. Um, well, unless, that, we get, unless we get him in the FA Cup, of course. Manchester United haven't played Leeds in five years, 2020, in fact, six years, 2012, I think, was the last time we played them. 2011. Was it 2011? Um, yeah, it was um, yeah, uh, October 2011. They beat us 3-0 at Elm Road in the League Cup. Yep. Um, <laughs> I think it was two goals from Ryan Giggs and a goal from Michael Owen. Ryan Giggs. And then a goal from Michael Owen. And that game as well, Paul Pogba made Pop, his debut. Ryan Giggs probably the least popular man at his family Christmas dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, a big game there. I, I know a few people who aren't really in favour because they want it to be, you know, first time we play Man United for ages, they want it to be either in a cup or in the league. But, you know, just a pointless friendly. It, but it's not a pointless friendly. No. It's in a big stadium in, you know, a fantastic country on in Australia. Um, you know, when at first times, if we don't get him in the FA Cup and Jose Mourinho's still in charge of Man United, first time he's played us, you know, it's a big rivalry as well. And again, for fans who live out in Australia to see a big game, Leeds United versus Man United, a massive uh, game, you know, a massive fixture that is. And, you know, not uh, the, the uh, revenue, money that we get after that would be massive, but also the exposure as well um, from that. It'd be, it'd be incredible and it'd be televised, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, it'd be, probably be televised all over the world. Yeah, it'll, it'll be on Sky definitely. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. To it. I don't think it's um, people saying it's pointless. Funny, I don't agree with that. I think it sets us. It, if any, if any game you want to christen a, a new season, it's that game. You want yeah. it. To, you want it to set you uh, up. Test you properly. You know, Forest Green Rovers isn't going to test you. A game against Man United is going to test you. Yeah, even even if they're in poor form, even if they're, they're they've got uh, they don't play the strongest team. I remember a couple of seasons ago when we played Liverpool at Anfield in the cup. Do you remember that? Yeah, and that roof banged that shot off the uh, the far post on, um, when he went nil nil, and I, I, to this day I think if that had gone in we'd have probably won that game because <laughs> we played really well in that game. Yeah, we did. Um, but I think it's shaped up to be a good one. Games announced excite me. It is it is exciting, and it is an Australia tour, of course. So a lot more games to be announced. Uh, I wonder where we're going to go next. Melbourne, Melbourne. Do you think it will be announced? Melbourne, there's mm. Adelaide. 
Um, it's it's a big country. They'll, they'll, they'll get their way yeah, around it. I'm sure that we'll go to Melbourne. I really hope we are. It's a big, it's a big place. The, well, you know, isn't Australia club trying to sign Usain Bolt? How amazing would it be if Leeds played against Usain <laughs> Bolt in a preseason friendly? It'd be incredible. But, I mean, <laughs> honestly, uh, an incredible, incredible uh, preseason at all. One of the best in a few years. Uh, but now let's uh, preview the Sheffield United game on Saturday. It's a half twelve kickoff live on Sky Sports. Um, Sat uh, Bramall Lane. It's got to be a tough game, isn't it? It is. It's always a tough game at Bramall Lane because they were probably this. <laughs> Apart from Sheffield Wednesday, they're their least favourite club. But um, yeah, they um, they're always up for it. They're, they're fast paced. They attack. They love coming down the wings, and they've got someone in Oliver Norwood who leads up tried to sign over the summer. Who's a who, and they got they got him for one point five million. He's a, he's a cracking player. Yeah. He he really is the maestro of that team. Yeah, I mean, I saw I was watching for your Sheffield derby the other week and. Chef, Sheffield tonight were just so good, like so much better than Sheffield Wednesday. I'm surprised that they didn't win, but they they, they are they are impressing me uh, this season. Mm, uh, yeah, uh, one good thing in our favour though is they've um, I think it's two two wins in six for them, so they're not on the best run. They did admittedly win um, on on Tuesday, but that that was a uh, wasn't a great defensive performance. And they won it three two, and there was a couple of own goals. One each for 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 the sides. So yeah. there's definitely there's weaknesses to be exposed if we if we're willing to be more aggressive than we currently are being, especially at the start of games because they start games strong. They always do. Yeah, they I'm, I'm sure Chris Wilder says in the changing room before they go out. All right, lads, hit them with everything you've got. We're going to score a third minute goal, and then we're because <laughs> that's what they always seem to do at Leeds, yeah. and it's, it's always Billy Sharp as well. I think I think it'll be much better. I can see this game going uh, you know a few different ways. Um, first of all, Sheffield United going into the game, they drew two all the way at Rotherham at the weekend, uh, but they won 3-2 away to Brentford on Tuesday. They're in fourth, two points behind us, so it is a big game, but I'd take a point uh, right now. But I can see this game going one or two ways. Um, first of all, I think the way Sheffield United play will play into our hands. You know, I think we play better against teams who come at you a bit more, teams who sit back and frustrate you. They do frustrate us. And then, you know, we push too many men forward. They go on for counter-attack and we don't have many men back. But I think, you know, it's going to be a wide-open game um, on Saturday. And I can see it's going a few ways. It's either going to be, you know, a nil-nil draw or one all draw. Um, I, I really don't think we'll lose. It's either going to be a draw or we're going to thrash them 3-4-0. <laughs> I don't think we're going to thrash them 3-4-0. I think it's going to be... One apiece. I could see that being. I could see it being Roof scoring, and oh, Billy Sharp. Oh God, Billy Sharp scoring a minute and a half like he did in both games against his last season. <laughs> I told you, it's what they always do. And uh, yeah. one of them was a cracking finish, though. Yeah, but we need to start strong. You know, we, we were saying it earlier. Slow starts, fed up of slow starts. But yep. Sheffield United starts so quickly. So always. We need, we need to be careful at the start of the game. Put it on it. Um, but. I I don't think we'll lose. I, don't I think, think we'll if, lose. if we can, if I was, if I was, if I was Bielsa, <laughs> if I was Bielsa, um, I, I would tell, I would tell the lads, keep it tight for fifteen minutes. Don't let, don't let them in and grow into it because if you start slowly, they'll rip you to shreds. Yeah. And you keep it tight, give them, give them nothing for fifteen minutes. Let, let the uh, frustration start setting a little bit in the first half, then hit them. Mm. And it might be worth playing, doing what teams do against us, which is a little bit of counter-attacking with Jack Clark on with a bit of pace, it run right up the other end if they're if they're putting a bit of pressure on us. That that could be the plan. Yeah. Does Jack Clark start for you? He does. I, I, he does. I, th- I think he goes same system four one four one. If Pontus is back, Pontus goes straight in. Phillips goes for holding midfielder, and then you've got Click and Forshaw, maybe even Zayes. He could he maybe start. I don't think he will. Uh, I don't think he's a starter yet. I think he is a bit unfit this season, but. Um, 
I mean, I'm saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're, I think he'll go the same system. But I think I, I want Jack Clark to start on the right, Pablo on the left, and go inverted wingers from the get go and just just start like that. Does Jack Clark start for you? He, do, he does. He's, yeah. he, he's just. I th- Alioski has been really poor in recent games. And, and the, Tuesday, the, the game on Tuesday was an example of that. Yeah. 16 touches and seven passes in 45 minutes, including a shameless dive. Yeah, and, he, and, he, and he missed you know, a good chance towards the end of the first half as well. When ball came in, he like jumped up for it, but then got scared at ball, turned away, hit his back, and it went wide. So If he, if he heads that, that's probably a goal. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Elsa just seems to like Alioski at the moment. He do, the thing is for Alioski, he, he's difficult to drop because he always does put a shift in. and he, he is up and down all the time. But is that worth the loss of creativity on one of the wings? I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. I think, again, Sheffield United, yeah, we could maybe use his battling a bit. But I think if, if we get some more creativity when we are on the front foot, I think we'll punish him more with Jack, with Jack Clark than with Alioski. Yeah, so Jack Clark starts for me. Um, I'll, co- I'll, of course, predict the lineup in the, uh, in the uh, match preview. Ahead of that game, that'll go out on the uh, YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Um, we got three points. I said it in match preview for the Reading game. If we get three points, you know we can afford to drop points, which is going to be likely because it is a tough game. Uh, but we've got QPR at home and Bolton away the next two after that. So you'd expect six points from those two. Especially QPR, especially I think home games. We've, we've been very strong. We're the strongest side in the division at home. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. We've picked up more points than anybody. Even Norwich have picked up as many points as we have at home. Yeah. We've lost one game. And uh, only a couple of draws, so we are good at home. You'd expect us to beat QPR. Bolton away is is a game you'd expect us to win, but it's, it's always tougher. It, these these sides low down the league when they're at home, they do they, they're like to have straight teams. They, yeah. they they do put up a good fight. So yeah. that that will be interesting to see. But I think if we're on foot, if we're if we're if we do what we we, we know we can do, I think that that'll be six yeah. points. Yeah, I, I, you, you would expect six points from that. There's never needs a game championship, but you would expect uh, six points from those two games after the Sheffield United game. Who, where I think, you know, I, I'd take a point, and I feel feel as though we can afford to drop points. And you know, if we, if it is a draw, they don't go buzz. If we, I, we can't lose though, if we want to say no, because they'll overtake us, and that that, is not, that can't be done. If, if if we do happen to pick up three points, which is a this is a possibility of the weekend, yeah. if we do pick up three points, that sets us up. Fantastically for the next few games because mm. it, it means that if Norwich drop more points than where we go top of the league, but at the very minimum we're keeping pressure on them. Yeah, and um, and then we go into a favourable run of fixtures with the exception of Villa, which is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, well, fi- finally, score prediction for Saturday. Yeah, I think you said it early, but I think I think I'm going to go one all. One all. No, well, I'll, I'll go same. I'll go one all. I'll stay safe. Mm-hmm. And one all, uh, but it'll be very, very interesting. And make sure to watch out for the uh, match preview. But that brings us to the uh, to the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you very much, Charles, for joining very me. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Going to be trying to do this every every week. Yeah, me and you uh, combined. We've filled up the time. Good, I can see it. We're, we're over an hour, so we we filled up the time very, very well. Um, going, looking back at games and uh, previewing games. So you know, make sure to uh, follow and like and share. Do whatever you can for this podcast. And hopefully by the next one, we'll be on iTunes as well. Of course, we need to start on SoundCloud and then iTunes uh, can review it, so hopefully uh, we move on to that. Um, if you haven't heard of All Things Leeds, there is a YouTube channel, so make sure you go subscribe. It is called All Things Leeds, um, and I'll be doing a match report for the Reading game uh, on the channel, doing a match preview for the Sheffield United game this weekend, so make sure you look out for all of them videos, match reports, and you know, etc, etc. Make sure you follow, of course, uh, all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, 
Um, and that, that'll be very, very much appreciated. Uh, same time again next week, Charles. Same time again. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. And uh, yeah, so uh, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to uh, like, uh, follow, and uh, share whatever you can do. Uh, like I already said, help us out. Help us out, please. <laughs> get let's de- let's get this podcast uh, rolling. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will see you uh, later on. Mm-hmm.